Hey, it's me, Behavior Babe here, and I just wanted to take a quick opportunity to thank you for following me, for listening to the podcast, and for supporting me and my dissemination efforts through all, all of these years, or however long you've been following along. I want to let you know about a new patron membership. It is going to be a group of Behavior Babes, and this is um, not uh, open to a particular gender or anything like that. It is open to everybody and I want you to come with me. And if you're craving conversations, common sense and actual solutions to the problems we are all facing as a field and as an industry, uh, come, come join in the conversations and let's help execute these solutions that we know our clients deserve, that we deserve and that these systems so desperately need. Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha. Thank you for joining me today on the show. With me, we have Dr. Nasia Sorrentioni Ulazi. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm excited to have you here. Oh, thank you, Amanda. I'm excited to be here. I feel like we've been following each other around the United States, so it's always a pleasure to get the opportunity to connect and speak with you. Thank you. All around the world, actually, we we bumped into each other in Ireland, remember? <laughs> sure did. Uh, on the stairs, yes, I remember. On yep. the stairs. Well, before we jump into our stories, because I know that we will have many, why don't we begin with the story of you and give our listeners a little bit of an insight into who you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I always appreciate being able to share about me and certainly the space to share about me beyond title, credential, position. So I am Nasia Serencioni Ulazi. Um, I hail from Illinois. I'm about 25 miles southwest of Chicago in a suburb called Bolingbrook. I've been in Illinois most of my life, although my family is from the South and not just any old place in the South, but the deep, deep, deep South on both sides. My father is from a little town called Suggsville, Alabama, and my mother is from Mississippi. So those are my roots. Um, I guess what I what else I would have people know is that I am just a lifelong learner. I love you you tacked it before we started uh recording as yourself as you you acquire knowledge and I'm like that too. I love learning. I love acquiring information and beyond that I love applying new information into my life and I really love at this point in my life kind of disrupting those frames that I've become very attached to, you know. Um, what else do you know? I, I do strongly identify a, as a mother, uh, a mother to many. I have given birth to one child and he, he is now grown. He is 20, uh, 20, almost 24 years old and certainly followed in my footsteps. He is now completing his student teaching to become a special educator. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe even entering the field of behavior analysis. We'll see. 
for his graduate degree. So that is me, you know, a little bit about me, the person. Professionally, um, I have been practicing in the field of behavior analysis slash disability services for more than three decades now. I always say it, many people know, I identify first as a special education teacher professionally and then a behavior analyst. Um, today, I am working as a faculty director at an online institution um, and doing a bunch of other things in the field that are just really appetitive for me. I think I've shared with you, Amanda, what I'm really loving is this act technology and what that has done for my life. Um, it's truly, truly amazing. And I'm now speaking about it uh, wherever I can and just applying it to my own life and sharing it with other people who are willing to listen. I'm so grateful to get the chance to one, interview you, but also to hear about who you are more as a person. We are passing each other in conferences. And, and the funniest thing to me is like we've had a couple of opportunities just in, in one year in particular, this past 2022, and you stop me and say, okay, we're going to take that selfie real quick. And there's a back <laughs> that, but we don't even sometimes get in more than a hug and a selfie, let yes. alone like, where are you from? My yes. uh, mother's family is from Augusta, Georgia. And I used to call Augusta the real deep South until I lived in Hawaii. And sometimes we called that the real deep South. <laughs> wow. 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 Yes. I did not know that about you. So thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk a lot, I think, about the things that are influencing our lives. Act, acceptance, and commitment therapy. I'm going to have you give more about what that is, a bit of a definition for our listeners. Before I do, the thing that you said already that resonated so much with me is taking this information not and not just telling the world about it, but really internalizing it and yeah. seeing, for me, I've experienced, and it's a lot of uncomfortable yet uh, somewhat fun work, I guess, you know, yes. there's some parts of it yes. that can be both. And when you see like, oh, that actually works. Yeah, that helps me. Oh, my thoughts are calm. Oh, I know what I'm going to do next. Like, um, well, I kind of think what what good is it to help other people if we can't help ourselves? And so I'd love to hear yes. more about how you've been learning and journeying and incorporating that into your life. Oh, Amanda, thank you for your questions. That's one of the things I truly love about you is your questions. Thank you. Powerful. And I'm, I'm hopefully going to powerfully speak to this. So one thing you just said, because and I want to make sure I answer it in a way that really affirms the listeners, this idea of work. You know, we have been using this term work, like do the work. But I don't think people really are present to what that means. What does it mean to do the work? Really, it's what you just said and what I've been trying to speak to for the past few years now. When I speak about doing the work, it is doing that lifting of sitting with those emotions that don't always feel so good. So that's one part of it. And... And really being able to 
make ourselves a part of the analysis in the environment. That's the work. And why is it work? Because, Amanda, it's not easy to do. It is not. So what I happened upon in the past few years is this technology of ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy. It's done two things. It's provided me with the language to understand some of my own psychological processes that I was really engaging in that would have me kind of stuck in life and really unable to move forward with doing the work of looking at myself, that reflection that I talk about. Specifically, um, ACT talks a lot about uh, psychological flexibility, having psychological flexibility. And the way I have incorporated that into my life is really looking at where I've inserted rules. You know, you know what those rules are? I never, I always, I can't finish the sentence. I look at where those rules are and then I've learned to look at, okay, that's the rule. Where did it come from? You know, <laughs> looking at looking at the process of myself, where did it come from that I would have this content and starting to diffuse from some of these rules. Had so many, still do. But the work that I'm doing, this work is looking at what my rules are, exploring the origin, being able to sit with the discomfort of that. And then what that gives me is freedom. More self-expression, Amanda. Being able to show up in the world and say what I mean and mean what I say. It's, it's the work is, is the price. The discomfort is the price of being able to show up in the world that way. Mm. To think of it as something that we are gifted, I think, something that we are given an opportunity to, to go through. In the moments of darkness, it does not feel like a gift and an opportunity um, from my own experiences. But as you start to talk about the way in which we can shift the narratives that we have imposed upon ourselves, there is no better word to describe that feeling than the one that you chose, which is freedom. Oh, freedom. I guess, can we just sit with that for a moment? Because it's been so powerful in my life. You know, my goodness, I didn't even realize until I started doing the work how bound up I was, Amanda, how restricted I was. And it's one thing if you're if you're looking at where others might impose restrictions on you. But when you think about where you put them on your own life, on your own being, that's something altogether different. And the freedom that I have now is I boy, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. And there's nothing like what it's given me access to, you know, um, self-expression, being able to show up without all these self-imposed rules has, has me to show up in the world. And it's showing up in my speaking, the way I speak to others and share has them to receive that information in the spirit in which it's being given. Like, 
a lot of people, uh, after they hear me speak, they'll say, Nasia, you're so inspirational. And I truly believe beyond what I'm saying, they're resonating with the spirit in which I'm sharing the message, a spirit of freedom, speaking from that, standing for that inspires people, I think. I've had the opportunity to hear you speak and to feel <laughs> inspired. And I, I think it is about when we can have an impact that aligns with the, the intention of our message. That is, that's magical too. When, when people are picking up what you're putting down, but they're getting more than just the words, they're getting the energy, they're getting the viability and the authenticity of that freedom of that power. It, that shining through is something to be celebrated wherever we see it, whether it's on a conference stage or somewhere else, you know, anywhere else, absolutely dance floor, wherever. So you just dropped a gym, Amanda, and I want to just back up because I don't want us to step over it. It is beyond the words. And I want people to hear me. I'm not saying the words don't matter, but when we communicate, we communicate with our whole being, with our whole being. And sometimes when we can really get present to that, oh my goodness, the impact that it has on our messaging. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely, absolutely. I would love to hear, um, you know, examples, if you can conjure up one, I'm sure there are many, uh, as you were speaking, and, and I'll just say this to give you a moment to think, uh, if you need that space, I remember when I started being intentionally kinder to myself. And the first part was, um, well, creating the awareness of those rules, just as you were describing so eloquently. And I was at a cafe and I had just gone in to get a sandwich to go. And they had a water container, fill up your water container, stay hydrated, good things. And my sandwich was ready really quickly. And I didn't expect it because it's very, uh, well, it was very delicious and it was all local stuff. And I just thought it was going to take longer. And they give it to me. I pay for everything and I pick up my water bottle by its lid and I had not secured it back together. So it falls on the floor and makes a loud noise. All the other patrons look over. They are, you know, kind of in a busy time of day. And now there's just water everywhere, all over the floor. And the first thought that I had was, that was so careless. You're so stupid. You've really inconvenienced everybody else. And I stopped myself because I had started the work a little bit. And I said, what would I say to my best friend's child? Not my best yeah. friend. Because listen, me and my best friend, we have more than <laughs> one and we we don't always, I mean, we got a lot of emotions, the whole spectrum. But what would I say to their child? And I would have yeah. said, mistakes happen. It's okay. Let's see if they have a mop. Next time we can always make sure to put that. Yes. In it doesn't mean, and this is something very valuable for me. It doesn't mean I can't be corrective to myself because I can, but I can be kind in that correction. And so I'm curious, how has, what example maybe, or story would you be comfortable sharing of how it's benefited you specifically? Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, I love the example that you use, not necessarily your best friend, but your best friend's child. Thank you. That opens me up to a lot. 
me tell you, one of the things that I really had bad was looking good, looking good. And for me, that meant I had to speak a certain way, sound a certain way, show up in environments a certain way because I had to look and be a certain way in the world, in the space of Nasia has to look good. And one of the mantras I used to speak to myself was measure twice, cut once, Nasia. So <clears throat> what I realized is how much that slowed me down. And how much that limited the impact I had on the world. You know, when you show up in the world and you have to look a certain way and look good and sound a certain way, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of work. And slowly after I started diffusing from, guess what, Nasia, no matter how hard you try, you are not perfect. And no matter what you do or say, there will be people who say, Nasia just doesn't look or sound good. When I got present to that and I said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to show up in environments and I may, you know, mess up. I may make a mistake. That is okay. I can recover. I will tell you when I, when I speak, um, I started doing a lot of speaking during the pandemic online, and as we were all getting oriented and acquainted with Zoom, mistakes were made. But what other human beings really resonated with was Nasia will make a mistake, but she's shown up here and she will move past it. And when I started my talks off with, you know what, I may fumble a little bit. I couldn't believe the, the outpouring of support. And as I started becoming more and more open about I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, what I began to find was a more of a connection with human beings, Amanda. I think in that space of you have to be perfect, sound a certain way, be a certain way, look good, it keeps us separate. Because as human beings, as human beings, aren't we all just trying to figure it out? You know, we look at we yes. look at each other like, oh, I may look at the next person and be like, oh, they have it all figured out. Well, no, if you talk to that person, they're just trying to figure it out too. You know, move through life too. But when I openly started to vocalize that, people, it it was almost like a sigh of relief, like, oh. Yeah, we are all just human. Nasia is just human. So that's been my breakthrough. I guess I can really call it now is I am open to being a human being. And being a human being means things that are, aren't always good. It means being upset sometimes. It means making mistakes sometimes. That's what it means to be human. You know, it means making other people upset. Some there will people there are people who will be upset with me. So I hope that answers your question. But for me, it's been my willingness to be vulnerable. It's just opened me up in my willingness to really experience what it means to be human and not pathologize my humanness. Humanness is being wrong has meant that freedom.
did I talk about? Pathologizing the humanist. <laughs> you know, as you were talking before you said the word connection, I wrote the word connection because wow, two things that have happened as you were speaking for me. One, I, I don't know if you saw it, but I actually did sigh a little bit of relief as we were kind of talking like, yes, yes. Like as I pause yeah. and reflect on that, you know, the more that you share with the world or those around you in your environment, the risky, it it feels risky and vulnerable. And it, it is, I'm not going to you know say to anybody else that it's not, it is. However, it invites lots of conversation, awareness, engagement, and for many, for me, for you, reinforcement of yes. like, oh, that's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger in a position where you are on stage or where you are the head of an organization or you are a professor or you are in some position of authority, you are the head of your household, then people are constantly watching you for messages. Yes. And that's something that I wasn't always aware of myself. Like, of course, I'm out there, I'm disseminating, I'm putting stuff out there. But some of the strongest support I've received from the community or just applause or just a we're there with yeah. you or connection was when I've shared um, sometimes the most vulnerable pieces of sadness yes. or pain or loss or grief or even just disappointment or or even when we're reminiscing over a, yeah. a time that is just not happening now. It's not even a bad thing. It's just not present. And I realized one, oh, holy crap. Um, yes, um, I'm human. Oh my gosh, I'm human. I, I actually this morning was uh, doing some things around the kitchen and this is a really silly thing, um, but I was putting the forks and the spoons in my drawer and I thought to myself, I wonder if other people in their household put the different sizes ones all together or if they put them right side up and upside down like I do. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, well, that's a kind of a strange thing. It was just something I was doing. But I used to never think of, I bet somebody else also does it like this. I used to either yeah. assume everybody did things, certain things the same, or assumed that if I deviated, I was the only one. And through the yeah. conversations, you realize, uh-uh, other people think that way too. Or other people Absolutely. have that fear or that joy or that oddity that's not so odd is it it's we not... have just been afraid to talk about our our experiences oh. as human beings so you keep dropping gems amanda so just let me supplement what you just <laughs> said which i agree so when i'm when i'm training one of the things i do at the top of my speaking is talk about sharing because we all organize around sharing in very predictable ways as humans, because of the way we are socialized with sharing with one another, right? When we're little little humans in our early human experience, when we begin to share, it's often you share that with this other human or else, and we're taught that sharing leaves us diminished. And then as we mature as humans, we begin to share. And some of us contact some of these more punitive contingencies. You might share information with someone and, and you learn if I share, people might use something against me. Oh, the yeah. long and short of it is we begin to learn as humans 
that sharing leaves us with less. Yeah. But I, let me tell you what I have learned is sharing opens us up. Sharing creates a pathway for a connection. How many of us have went through something in life and thought we were the only one and we carried it with us, <laughs> right? All of us. All of us, all of us. If we can just, if we can share and get past that, I, again, I call it that looking good and I can't share because I, you know, somebody will hold something over. This is the space that I step into now. If somebody holds my humanness against me, that's their baggage to deal with, not mine. Mm. I will tell you that one of the most powerful practices in my life has been to share in a way that is affirming for me and the person I am sharing with. That does not mean I share all parts of my life with everyone, but when I do share and I'm responsible in my sharing, it creates access for amazing connection. Access for amazing connection. That phrase there resonates. I hear it echoing and reverberating off the walls. You know, why do I go to conferences? Why do I spend more of my time there than with sometimes with family? Um, it's because it's in many ways, it's because of the connection or many reasons yeah. it's because of the friendships. It's because of the conversations. It's because I learn a whole lot more about the world and myself through doing so. And yes. um, well, and I guess because in a way I feel like I'm playing hooky from my from my day from, from a day <laughs> right. job. And I'm like, well, right. it's okay, right? Because it's it's work. But I love even shifting that language around the phrase work, the real work. The real yes. work is putting it into ourselves and into action in our environments. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to know who are some of the people that you've encountered in your life within and without of your professional life who have inspired you and guided you. Yeah, there have been, there's, I'm lucky to say there have been um, a handful of people who've left an impact. Let me tell you, um, the first one being that human being that I gave birth to almost 24 years ago. Just, and, and, and folks are gonna hear his name here shortly. He is his mama's son through and through. He is an individual who was just shown up in the world at this young age, he's an old soul, but completely aligned with taking action and, and living a life according to his values, even when that's uncomfortable. You know, so he definitely is uh, right now at the moment, one of my greatest inspirations and I'm so, so proud of him. Um, I'll also say my, both of my grandmothers, maternal, and paternal were amazing women who they were never formally educated, but they gave, they contributed to my life the best parts of me. 
the parts that keep my life moving. My grandmothers taught me ritual. They taught me consistency. They taught me how to honor nature. They taught me to connect with my spirit. Those are the things that if I didn't have in my life, I wouldn't have been able to make it through systems of education. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for my, my maternal grandmothers uh, who reared me. I'm grateful, extremely grateful and inspired by my son. Professionally, there is a long list of people. One, one person um, that I do wanna acknowledge, uh, behavior analyst earlier in her career, Kat Jackson, you know, I've said it in the past, Kat Jackson is such an inspiration to me. She started a Facebook group a few years back, I want to say maybe five, six years ago, she started a Facebook group that ended up growing into what we know now is Black Applied Behavior Analysts, that organization. And it was, it was an idea that she saw through. And I am so incredibly grateful to Kat Jackson and what just her insight and authenticity. She did, there was no bells and whistles. She just started a Facebook group because she saw a need and I've watched the organization grow, but I always will, I always will credit her uh, for what she did for not just the Black behavior analytic community, but what she opened up to the behavior and uh, behavior analytic community at large. Um, forever grateful to Kat Jackson. And then there's just a whole list of other people. I'm really enjoying um, sitting in spaces with people who've been in the field for years. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, sit and talk with Dr. Richard Spates, who was, he's Professor Emeritus now at Western Michigan. Just an amazing, amazing human being who, again, he shared his journey with me into the field, you know, more than four decades ago. So that's that's it. I mean, there are so many, and I'm I'm careful because I don't want to uh, not name anybody. My my folks know who they are. It's like you know, I, it's like giving a speech at the Grammys or the <laughs> Grammys. You're like, uh, first off, I'm gonna thank every single person who knows me who's watching this, and then everybody <laughs> else who I forgot. Come on, guys, I'm nervous. Um, oh. no, no, I think it's just an inkling and an insight into some of the others who've inspired you, and it's something that, um, I just actually kind of brought back up as a memory and speaking with Emily McCullough last week when I had the chance to meet Shiza Shaid, who was Malala's teacher. And uh, um, I remember just, just in her, like just being there in her awe and for people who've heard this, they've heard this twice now, but it's so incredible. We know the story of Malala. I am Malala, you know, and yes. uh, there's even her on David Letterman and I just remember being like, wow, this was her teacher. This is the woman who started the school. This is the mentor. And I was um, reflecting on that with one of my mentors. And she says, yes, whenever you meet somebody who you just see is astounding and incredible and they're inspiring you, take a minute to ask who inspired them. 
Yeah. And so that's always stayed with me. And I just, I know it's just, just an inkling of an insight. So it's really wonderful that we've highlighted those and to take a moment to acknowledge the strength of our, of our value systems, wherever they were built or whomever has helped us establish those and then who affirm them. So hearing about your maternal and paternal grandparents, as well as the journey with you, the connection of your son, it's, it's like, you help establish, help affirm, also have, you know, your own and that community of value ship. And that is also what Kat did and has yes. done continues to do with her contribution. And I would extend it further. It is not something that just benefits the field of behavior analysis. It benefits every client that we impact, everybody that yes. they touch, everything that they impact and their caregivers and stakeholders. And so it is a way in which we can show up for society a little bit more by emphasizing yes. it in your own space. Right. And this environment and then the next environment and then the next. Amanda Kelly, you better keep dropping them gems. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I think it's you. I think you're pulling. I feel I think you shared this before we had actually hit record that in your presence, people feel compelled to share. And um, that is that is a gift. And I think with that comes a lot of responsibility. Of course, you get a lot of information from people and sometimes heavy things to help them carry. Don't don't carry too much of it on your own. Um, But you you really I have just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Totally (laughs) forgot it was a podcast. So for anyone who's listening, (laughs) I hope you also enjoyed this conversation because this has been such an enjoyable, interactive, um, engaging experience for me that awesome. it, it has really been a moment where I've, I've been able to be present and I love and cherish those parts of my day and those who, who help create those spaces for me. So thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you for the invitation. I mean, the listeners may not know, but we have truly been following each other around the world. And uh, Amanda Kelly can be credited with the great selfies that I take. (laughs) She gave me a tutorial. So yeah, I really appreciate you, Amanda. And again, have followed you in your work for years. I really do appreciate you. Well, thank you. Here I am still showing up. It was one of those things. You just throw it out into the universe. It's a little bit of an idea. No bells, no whistles. And you yeah. know, here we go. Well, Nasia, before we end today, I also would like to give you an opportunity to talk about projects and things that you are working on. Anything that you want to draw our attention to or just share with me or our listeners. Absolutely. A couple things. Um, I do have two businesses. One of them is my own. Um, it's called Ulazi LLC. And through that business, I run a four-week seminar. I just finished one in January and it's called Know Thyself. And we really dive into the selfing repertoires of self as context, process, and content. And we engage in some reflection, really making ourselves a part of the inquiry. That, that seminar opens us all up to something and once you pass through the four weeks you gain access to a reflective practice group that I run and that meets monthly so please watch for it I'm going to blast the the next one out in in the next couple weeks on social media and I also do I have a second business that I co-founded with Dr. Scott Herbst 
And it is towards both of our value and commitment towards equity, diversity, and inclusion. But we do it, we work with organizations and we're doing that work in a very distinct way. We are really working to build capacity and sustainability and we're committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion beyond checking the box. It really is a commitment towards carrying out the work of human dignity. And you can find us, um, we just changed our name. We were Pivot to Inclusion and now we are Inquiry Inc. So if you are to Google Pivot to Inclusion, um, you'll, the website will come up and it'll take you to our new web website, Inquiry Inc. Awesome. And uh, is this something I heard about a podcast going on? Anything there? I, d I do have, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can get Amanda Kelly to come on as a guest. I do have a podcast. It's called Evolving ABA. It's through ABA Technologies, and we have some outstanding, um, there's some outstanding content. I started the first interview was with uh, Dr. Richard Spates. You can find as a part of that series, um, a Polly, Polly Gavoni and Anika Costa in their work around school-based ABA. Um, I just did an episode with Drew, Drew Carter and, and Polly Gavoni around adult services. You know, in our field, we typically center our work around children. However, we live most of our lives as adults. And that, that episode really speaks to some of the issues and how we might start to address this issue of, you know, really servicing our adults within the field of behavior analysis. That's fantastic. You may absolutely have uh, Amanda Kelly and she'll bring you here, babe. Um, on, uh, awesome. On the show. And, and if, and if we're lucky, she's been here the whole time here is Puka for anyone who can see the video. It's my puppy. My puppy. She's what a been beautiful puppy. Thank oh. you. She likes that. We start our morning with affirmations. I tell her, I say, you are curious. You are inquisitive. Yeah, I say you're uh, comforting, you are loving, you are cherished. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful puppy. Well, I say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, and Lucia, thank you so much for joining the show. I'll make sure that we post all of the links and information so that people can access all the things that they need to access to get access to you and to these gems. I'm particularly awesome. really curious about that four week seminar. So I'll be looking for absolutely, those absolutely. I would love to have you in the seminar and, and as part of that ongoing community. It's amazing. I will definitely, definitely make a commitment here to check it out. For anyone who's interested in learning more about Nasia, stay tuned for those links. And if you're interested in learning about applied behavior analysis, well, you can always do that by going to www.behaviorbabe.com.